you can't have it all. You can't live this lavish life and have it given to you every step of the way. Like the one thing that, that you can plan for is for your plans to be fucked. You just got to roll with the punches. And so I just, I've fallen in love with the punches. I've embraced them because to me, the final product is, will make it all worth it. Hey, welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. I have my good friend here. How's it going, man? Happy to be back. No, it shouldn't be about anything. Like this is yeah. one life. Yep. One life? Like fucking yeah. do it. My guy. He just got it. He totally understood it. 20 years old when I started just watching a lot of movies. How it, and it tells a story. I want to tell a story. Talented film director and photographer Josh Saranic. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm, I'm well. How are you, man? I'm doing ex uh, exceptionally well, man. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Um, I've heard great things about you, man. Um, you know, received an incredible recommendation from our mutual friend and prolific creative Tyler Seller, uh, who manages uh, Masshole Media, and he highly commended uh, your filmmaking experiences and career. First of all, I I just want to say thank you to Tyler um, for the high praise and just connecting both of us. He's a super nice guy, super talented individual. Yeah. And I I was over the moon at the chance you know to be able to work with him and his company and so the stuff they're doing and his vision for the brand is awesome and so love that guy glad our, our mutuals connected us and so super cool for, of him to do i guess yeah no that's great well what a great what a beautiful sent uh sentiment toward tyler right like yeah. the guy is just uh endlessly generous uh so remarkable and refreshing i have to say in this in today's day and age right like um, definitely in, in a highly competitive space but you have this kid with such sincerity like from day one I was even like kind of beside myself like bro mm -hmm. like you're sending me all these like guests and you don't even have yeah. to like connected to like high profile talent and artists um, all of the kindness of his heart so extremely selfless uh, so we commend yeah. you Tyler thank you for that for connecting us um, yeah. yeah and throughout our correspondence uh, my correspondence with Tyler I should say I came to understand your remarkable accomplishments and impressive resume which includes a litany of celebrity clients and notable world-class music tours. So you got a lot going on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very uh, eye-popping. Yeah. Well, yeah, with, with the, with being a full-time student still um, and staying in college and, and trying to get out and, and travel when you can to, to do some of these, you know, otherwise impossible, you know, uh, events, you know, I, of course. Being, just last year in, in film school, um, I wouldn't be allowed to do any of this. And so I'm now a humanities major and it seems weird to a lot of people, but switch changing that major has actually allowed me to be more free with some of my outside work um, and endeavors, I guess. So. No, that's awesome, yeah. man. And I have to say like, you know, it's highly admirable that you're not the first guest to tell me that they're in school, uh, you know, they're yeah. university, college, whatever have you. And you guys are just working full uh, in school full time, but working also on the side and, you know, responsible for these incredible projects um, that that require uh, such an effort, and yeah. you know, you're not working like little retail jobs or like you know, certain <laughs> waiting tables at a restaurant. Well, I am actually. I, oh, okay. Well, you are like, too. That, that's I insane. I have like two jobs. That's awesome. And, like I was waiting tables at Village Inn six months ago. Oh, that's so like, funny. <laughs> like I was serving the, the 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 church brunch group every Sunday. Like I like nice. I've worked every job you can imagine. I'm, I'm right now. I'm a, um, I'm two days a week at a after school uh, nice. teen center 
where nice. I'm just playing basketball with kids. Nice. Um, I'm a I'm a media manager at a nightclub in town where I'm doing nice. their weekly recap videos, photos and videos for them. Um, doing small commercials for companies or uh, businesses around town. Um, and then pouring all that money because the thing is, is all the exciting stuff I've done really hasn't made me money. It's made yeah. me a little bit here and there. Yeah. But that those are the gigs that open up the opportunities. Um for me to make money in other places. And then that money ultimately goes back into, you know, some savings and then some, it goes into just the traveling to get back out there to do another big thing or just the renting something to go back out and do that next big thing. But the thing is, you just can't care about the money if you're, if you're excited about this, because none of no, the, the clients I've worked with, if, if money was coming first, you know, even my parents are like, well, are they paying you? And why are you doing <laughs> yeah. it? You know, Classic. a lot of people don't understand it. Yeah. Um, but you just, until this industry needs me, which it doesn't, it doesn't care about me, me or you, it just, right. we're, no, we're sure. dispensable, you know, so until that they need me, I've got to take some free gigs. I've got to put my head down and just do the free work. So I love that. I love that you, you had the courage to, to kind of be transparent about that. You know, some people might come on here or just in general, like talking amongst other creatives and say, yeah, like they paid me this or they not, not be, uh, so open to disclose, you know, the details of, yeah. uh, of those gigs. And I think it's so important, right. Uh, to educate right. creatives on what they're, uh, getting into, because if you right. were to tell me, if you were to inflate your, your own self-worth and say like, you know, oh yeah, they paid me a shit ton of money. I'm doing this and that, but you're lying to yourself. It's like, then I would be, you know, taking it to heart saying, fuck, like, then why am I not getting paid for my gigs? Like, maybe I should go back to that, but you're kind of acknowledging the fact that, Hey, you got to do this stuff for free. And this is right. a common theme, man. A lot of creatives that have come on, Tyler Seller being one of them, um, then myself, right? We've taken gigs where it's hard to justify to family and friends, like, wait, why'd you work that for free? Or why did you give him a discount price? But the exposure, <laughs> the value goes a longer way than the monetary gain, right? Because that's only short term. Absolutely. So yeah. it, it's, a, it's a conundrum, man. <laughs> it's something that you and I, uh, that's why I love bringing on creatives like yourself. And it's, it's a, a little community I'm developing where, we we kind of act as like therapists for ourselves whenever we need to right yeah, uh, it, yeah. it can get it can get tumultuous man like it can get oh, uh, pretty intense but uh, i'm yeah. so i'm so uh, proud of you man like uh, for killing it like the <laughs> the fact that you just mentioned you work in all these odd jobs sounds highly familiar myself yeah. i've worked pretty much any job you can think of uh except yeah. i i would have to admit uh the restaurant industry i've never uh tried my hand at that <laughs> as much as i had keep curiosity. It that way keep it that way yeah keep yeah it keep way. it that way right i know i heard i heard nasty things i was tempted at one point but retail okay. retail was my kind of re restaurant uh, uh version of that but um no, it's necessary, right? And a lot of people, you know, look at us now or again, come across your Instagram page. And I, I wasn't, uh, you know, trying to inflate your ego there. Like it was, it's insane. Like the the remarkable uh, clients you've, you've accumulated and you might think, oh, this guy's doing well. This guy's living life. You know, he's doing what he has to do. And exactly. Because like you, they yeah. only see the highlight reel. Exactly. Everyone exactly. Just puts the out highlight, highlight reel. reel. Yeah. And, and unfortunately when, when you don't have people like me or you that, that, speak the truth it's like it's so it'd be so easy for me to convince someone that yeah of course i make six figures or <laughs> oh like i i am people ask me all the time they're like wait you go to college you're a student still <laughs> and then they'll say sometimes this actually brings me down a little bit and i'm like damn because it's like wait what am i doing here uh and i actually ask myself that question a lot but um they'll be like what are you still doing in tallahassee you know why are you and, and it's like look it's not that simple you know you could get it's like until you have enough capital beneath you to just like move and like shake shit up in a different city. Like 
being a filmmaker doesn't just allow you the financial freedom to like, like I am trying to capture the lavish lifestyles of everyone else and make that look like a movie. Right. Of course. It's yeah. a fantasy. It's not the fantasy that I live in. I, yeah. I live in the world in which, you know, I'm sleeping in my car four hours, five hours a night, you know, because whatever it's happened for many reasons, you know, to of get outside of a gig to save money on a hotel, whatever the case may be, Yeah. you know, renting equipment. Like I'm still, one of my primary cameras that I'll use is a nine-year-old camera that I made a GoFundMe for when I was 15 oh, that wow. I still use today that I shot the weekend on. You know, I shot my first short film on the same camera I shot the weekend on. And so it's like, people get so wrapped around the lifestyle, the equipment, all the bullshit that, that isn't real. Like it's, yeah. it's the passion, it's the, it's the execution, it's the research. Um, but again, yeah, people are so wrapped up in the idea of being a filmmaker that they don't embrace what it takes to actually be a filmmaker and fall in love with that, those hardships and that journey and the bullshit that comes with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well put. Um, the reality is, is people are in love with the, the concept, uh, the idea of being a filmmaker yeah. rather than the actual um, ambition uh, required uh, to make it happen, right? Uh, to fulfill that um, uh, career. And I, I love that. It, it's the reason why I have this podcast. Uh, it's that sole intention of not only creating and establishing a community, a network uh, for myself and for the audience, but also to kind of give you a window, uh, an insight, uh, whether you're a creative individual or not, uh, to the people yeah. that are behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Like often people, when I develop this podcast, are like, oh, is your intention to get like celebrity names and this, this and that? And I'm like, I'll be happy with whatever I can get. And then cool. as you go through the road, this is, podcast has been going for just over two years now. I started it back in the pandemic, at the height of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I realized I developed a niche where it was like, or or something that I wanted to pursue, um, being that it's a hub for, you know, up and coming creatives, right? Aspiring creatives, um, creatives like on the come up, uh, you know, looking to tell their story and provide uh, insights to inspire the next creative. You know what I mean? And that's how actually yeah. me and Tyler kind of connected. We connected on a gig. Um, you know, back in last fall. And that's what it was through the podcast. It's like you got this up and coming creative, extremely talented, extremely ambitious, like you were saying, you know, highly versatile, and has this huge network, but he's not, you know, with 500,000 followers and a verified check mark, right? So people right. don't know right. about him, right? And then so this whole vision I have, again, for this podcast, but there are people that I have yeah. met with all of the, uh, the above, yeah, that aren't shit. That <laughs> talk the talk but don't walk the walk you know, yes it's just, yes but yes. that is more important to them those things and that initial impression is more important than peeling back the layers and, and being that and and, if, and that being the core of their being you know yeah then the value that they can provide right and i'm so happy you said that right because i've worked with people in the past too where they got all that going for them and then it's like in reality when you pull back the veneer as i say what's mm. what do you really have to offer like what what's your you raw <laughs> yeah. sorry what you said i said what are you doing like what are you actually doing i know like, right i know what but do I, you I, do i'm serious man like i'm gratified yeah. by your humbleness like uh it's really relieving to hear right because again you could have mm -hmm. this air about you uh again with the resume with the experiences that precede you but the reality is is like you understand you know what it requires um to yeah. really like sacrifice um the luxuries of life you know sleeping in your car uh, you yeah. know, instead of going to a hotel to, to make your, your dreams happen. So right, because I, I I, there were times it's like, I, I'd sleep in my car outside of a gig or in a parking, uh, all these parking lot, because I knew that that was a difference in the gas money to come back home from the event. And it's like, you just have to pick, 
you can't have it all. You can't live this lavish life and, and have it, you know, given to you every step of the way. Like, it, like the one thing that, that you can plan for is for your plans to be fucked yeah. to a certain extent. It's like, you just got to roll with the punches. And so I just, I've fallen in love with the punches. I've embraced them because to me, the final product is, will make it all worth it. Yeah. I love that. I love that mentality. And ironically, so like, I think uh, as much as social media has elevated our careers and something that I'll discuss with you later on in the podcast, it's also detrimental, you know, to, to our perceptions of the reality of the industry. Um, I know it gets to me. I'm guilty of it. You know, sometimes we question where we are in life, like what the hell is going on? Like I've done all this work and uh, this person knows this person, this person's doing that. And um, you got to just like uh, retract that and and focus on what you can deliver and only you alone and not look at yeah. your surroundings. Right. So great, great mentality, bro. So going back to like you as a filmmaker, uh, something that I always want to uh, understand from my guests is, you know, how their passion kind of is originates you know how how, yeah. how and, and how you kind of cultivate that so how did your passion for filmmaking develop so growing up i mean there wasn't something i was more in love with uh when it came to like movies like i i remember the first movies that i really gotten into were like star wars and yeah. the tim burton batman yeah. movies yeah um and i remember just those movies i was just enamored with and uh i remember my parents setting up play dates me and other kids I go to the I go to whoever's house, right? It's like a family friend's house. I'd end up like digging in their parents' like VHS collection, yeah. like totally <laughs> like out of bounds, like in their little media cabinet. Yeah, yeah. And I would pick out like I would just think that I like I would be aware of the fact that I was a five year old kid asking about something, and that I would be perceived as cute. So yeah. I would be like, let me gr like let me grab a couple, and I would think about how to convince like they're the other parent like hey do you mind if i borrow these and i mean honestly i look back on it it's like i'm kind of putting them on the spot because who who are they to say like put those back like but on the same at the same time like that about me has never changed the um just going up to the person and asking for exactly what i wanted you know like i could i, I did feel weird about it you know yeah. like even then but it's what i wanted i asked for it i knew the worst they could say was no so I just went straight to the source. Um, but awesome. growing up, like six or seven, it was the Batman movies, you know, and then it became a lot of older James Bond stuff. Mm. You know, my parents were like, you know, no PG-13 movies until you're 11, 12, 13, no R-rated movies. Yeah. And so knowing me, I'm such an all or nothing, push the envelope kind of person. Right. Like I started doing my research and like, I was like, wait a minute, back in the day, the PG movies weren't PG movies today. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went, I've delved into all the old Clint Eastwood Westerns, all the old John Wayne movies. Cause he was in every kind of boyish action movie you can imagine. Right. War movies, uh, assassin movies, you know, Westerns, whatever. And I was watching like Howard Hawks movies. And not even realizing I was giving myself this rich film education yeah. um, that I would take with me. And and it was just, I feel like how cameras were set up, how uh, stories were assembled, that was just ingrained in me um, in the truest sense growing up with that kind of content. Um, and then like, I, I I always tell people that the the greatest thing my parents ever did for me was read to me growing up. Oh, wow. I, I would 
I swear to God, more than any no, of the I, movies I'm, I watched. That, that's remarkable to hear because my parents regret that every day. Like they were, they mm-hmm. had busy schedules kind of thing. But yeah, uh, I, that's something God willing, I have a child w- would do. So to hear that coming out of your mouth. Wow. That's amazing, man. Yeah. And, and that's something that I didn't even realize was so important um, until I was probably a freshman in college. I, I right. kind of put two and two together that I was like, okay, my sense of storytelling was informed by all of those books that was were read to me three, four, five, you know, before yeah. going to bed, they'd read a, read a story and then, you know, flick the lights off and I'm just laying there and my mind would just be awake with whatever story had just been told to me. And right. I remember, you know, before going to sleep, it's like, I would come up with like alternative storylines or alternative endings in my head. And, <laughs> Sounds and so course, familiar. <laughs> they, yeah. And of course, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And they, they encouraged, um, you know, reading so much on my own throughout the rest of elementary school and into middle school and, and onward. And I think that just absolutely gave me the leg up as on, as far as just being in a, like an, like an imaginative person that has a concept of storytelling. That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. a very insightful story. Um, and again, highly familiar uh, in terms yeah. of uh, my origins of, you know, being passionate about film, film and, um being accustomed to film um sorry introduced i mean um what i mean by that is like my parents you know introduced me to film when i was at a young age um probably even before i could speak or think of uh, i was like a newborn so that was like a, a ritual they had right like every saturday night they would like watch a movie and they would just sit with, uh, have me sit down with them right um and then as you get older right i guess that was their way of reading to me every night they would just watch yeah. movies so naturally yeah. i would always like you know be more invested in the film and as you become more mature and you through your formative years and eventually into adolescence and an adult, you start to say, Hey, like, is this a career? Is this a profession? Like people actually do this for a living. Now it's not the most conventional career, uh, highly elusive I, I, at that. Um, but there's uh, it's definitely possible. And I yeah. kind of like thought of it more and more uh, at the possibility of uh, storytelling for a living. And that's what it is, man. It's like, you know, you, you kind of like are given this uh, creative spark um this kind of interest and it grows into something grander like this uh, ignites you know kind of your passion and captures your imagination and you can't let go and with us like the more we pursue our passions our our creative content like the more we um acquire clients it's like a drug you know what i mean like you just want Mm -hmm. to do more and more as much as you think like nah i'm I'm good. Like, I think I've exercised everything I, uh, I you know, had at my disposal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I got, yeah. the, I got the creative itch over with, right. It's like, nah, that video was sick, but next time I'm going to do this instead. Like you, you just, you're always looking to improve. You're always looking to become yeah. better. Um, Definitely. but remarkable, man. Like, so your parents reading to you as a child, that's great. Uh, you know, it's helped yeah. your, your storytelling aptitude um, and your knowledge, uh, I, I guess, and like how to approach the industry. How was uh, the response with your parents, like, uh, you know, telling them like this hobby of filmmaking, the, this passion that you have for, yeah. for that medium, uh, now you want to turn it into a lifelong career? Well, they always were just like, we just want you to be happy. You know, like right. they were those kind of parents. Um, you know, they always pushed, they're both uh, tenured Marines, so they both were very strict. Oh, wow. Um, okay, that's and, interesting to know. Yeah, they... Uh, they, they yeah <laughs> like they, they never encouraged they never pushed you to join the military uh you know what they they did kind of early on but they realized that that was just so far because i've always been so left brain and artistic and no no for sure yeah, yeah yeah like 
all like not a bitch, but like I don't want to be hurt. Unless I have a little to bit more of a softie. Like, like make the pain make sense. I don't want to get hurt for something I don't believe. Yeah, in. yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yeah, I'll fight to 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 defend my older brother at the playground because that right. makes sense to me. Right. But I don't want to fight to die. Like <clears> that that was all. Like that was clear to me even then. Like oh, I don't give a. I don't care. Like I guess I was patriotic, but yeah. I was like not willing to. Like my like my career and my future has always meant a lot to me, and so I just my dad even did something funny. Like when I was graduating, he had some like recruiter call me, and like the recruiter was like not getting the hint. But I I wasn't gonna be rude to him because he alluded to like knowing my dad, but he was like yanking my chain the whole time playing. And then my dad like walked in. <laughs> he it was a whole like bullshit setup thing. You sure wow. you, like you don't like let me last second you know regret yeah. not going to the military. Yeah. Um. But no, they've always been supportive. Um, even if they haven't understood everything part, like they didn't understand that coming out of like college, like me being 18, getting into the Cannes Film Festival, having almost 70 film festivals under my belt with tons of awards and all this, you know, media press, this stuff coming right. out of college or coming out of high school with that, they didn't understand that in my position, if you would translate my like area into like sports or athletics like i'd be a first round draft pick right like i, I got into yeah, that's a fair point the florida state film school with these on my report card i was the first person in the class of 2024 to get in i got in in january people wow. heard back in march and i had awful sat scores awful grades but the film school was like we fell in love with your portfolio and we, we need to have you and i mean it's funny me not being a film student now but I just, I knew that going into my freshman year and I told my parents this, I said, my grades and like my academics are never going to be what carries me to college. Like that's never what's going to be the thing that stands out about Josh. Yeah. So I told them, I said, like, I want to go all in on my passions and I want to make that what stands out about me resume wise. And I get, that was just the constant goal in, in high school. And, and I sacrificed a lot. Like I didn't do homecoming prom. I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't go out and have fun. Didn't go to like, I maybe went to one party in high school. Oh, wow. But So you sacrificed yeah. your whole social life for this. Oh, for the first two years in college, I actually, I, I feel like I tried to accelerate certain things and like go through them again. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't experience them in high school. Got it. Like my dad <laughs> I called know that my, feeling. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's my dad, he would call my, my bedroom, like the bat cave because I would keep it like curtains closed. It was completely dark. That's it was like just an editing lab. Right. And I would just come home from school edit until midnight, whatever, go to sleep, go woke, wake up on three, four hours of sleep. I don't know how I did it. Um, but that was just, I was locked in on a, I was on a different mission in high school. Like yeah, I, sometimes I, I look back and I'm like, he's still there, but that hunger is different. You know? I don't and that's know. what I wanted to say, man, is like, I've noticed a pattern with these uh, line of previous guests. Uh, you know, I also had Michael Gilbert. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He's the personal videographer for Sway Lee. Um, oh, yeah. And he, you know, another connection <laughs> provided by yeah. uh, Tyler Seller. But um, <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying is that all these guys, including yourself, like you, you guys are all young, early 20s, 20 on the dot, 19 mm -hmm. maybe. And it's truly admirable and in a way astonishing because at your age, um, obviously everyone, people have different paths. And I'm a film director myself, but I was writing instead of actually being on set or being like involved with clients. 
Um, mm -hmm. Part of the reason was, is I didn't have the tenacity, the intuition, the fortitude really. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I came from a immigrant family. So the mentality was very different. They always supported me, but it was never that like push, you know, like I had to tell them, like, I want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what I'm saying is like, it's just amazing to me, like, you know, how you guys like have come all this way, um, considering, you know, how young you guys are, right? Yeah. I want to ask you, what do you think that is like at this, this time, like where 19 and 20 year olds are like killing it, you know what I mean? As they say, like building it's a lot of things. things. What do you think? Is, what do you think uh, is responsible for that? I think it's a couple of things. I think one, of course, the advent of social media and yes. and phones and cheaper, high quality cameras and 4K everything. I think I think of course, resources are available um, more so than they've ever been. Um, but I I also think uh, there there's this pressure that's put on us or that we put on ourselves, certain people that there's certain ambitious people that look to to their idols or to people that are doing more than them or doing exactly what they want to do at some point right and they see how young they are They're, i mean say like when i was 17 like i was on fire and there were people that i looked at you know that i still look at today that were my age now and i hmm. still put pressure on myself you know yeah. and i think a lot of people we look at um like the lyrical lemonades um yes. there's a guy his name was philip you i might be saying his last name wrong but you man's or something and okay. like he was just in the narrative film world and i remember he was like 18 or 19 and he was like kind of the only 18 or 19 year old that i like saw and i'm like yeah he's doing way more and yeah. he's doing it better hats off to this guy like i like i didn't know i didn't know that was pot like at the time <laughs> yeah. when i was like 17 or 18 i had hit a glass ceiling as yeah. far as where my peers were right and and then i'm like you know what there are people that are just just like like lightning strikes a bottle and, and um yeah I, I think it's this pressure that we put on ourselves certain people and i think it motivates us uh it's not healthy but I, I do think that there have been a lot of people or creatives that i've looked up to that i've compared myself to and been like okay well he he's done all this by this time age like i want to do more or i like or it's just been proof enough for, for me to believe yeah. that I can do the same at any point right. in time. It's like, oh, he can do it at this age. Okay. This means it like he is no smarter than me or you or this next person or whatever. We're all people. We're all just trying to figure it out. Why not me? You know, I asked myself that question. Why not me? I know. Why I couldn't I just thing. walk? Yeah. And, you, and there's no answer. The answer is how you define it with your action when your work. That's yeah. true, man. And I'm so happy like you're able to provide that insight because it's something that a lot of creatives often struggle with, uh, including myself. And I bring it up because yeah. I've been kind of going through that. I, I it, It's ups and downs, right? You catch me on a good day. I'm yeah. probably not even thinking about it. But quite yeah. recently, you know, I've been uh, hitting a little bit of a creative lull, um, you know, a uh, little bit of a dry spell with clients, I guess, uh, yeah. if that makes sense. And it's normal. That's what I got to tell myself because I've gone through this before. I've gone through this before yep. I met you, before I've started this podcast, before I even started my production company. And not to like be braggadocious, but look where I am today in the sense of, you know, you got to look at that progress. You got to compare yourself from yesterday, you know, and I'm sure yourself, right? Like you have those days when you're in a rut and you forget all the things you've accomplished along the way. 
um it's so, so it's so easy to do that. yeah it's so easy to like like you said like a lyrical m a cole ben are you kidding me the guy's 26 years old two years younger than me and he's like you know multimedia empire but i have to i also come to terms with as i get older as well because i i've been in the industry you know what i mean like i've, I've yeah. gone through the thick of it and yeah. you can only make this judgment uh, unless you've been in it as they say right you can't just like talk from your computer it requires a little bit of luck you know, and it doesn't make me feel any better hearing that. But at the same time, it relieves some sort of stress in that you can't control everything. You got to do the best yeah. you can with what you have. You got to put it out there. You got to show up every day if possible. You know what I mean? If you're mentally there <laughs> and the rest will, will, you know, kind of come, come to fruition if it, if it may be, if it, if it's, uh, right. if it will. Right. So that's how I look at it. And I know like people will tell you like, you know, it's hard work. It's, you know, it's who, you know, and it's, and, and there's a lot of factors, but there's always that small yeah. percent, I believe of luck because there's so many talented creatives I've been introduced to by, um, you know, Tyler Seller again, or like mm -hmm. you know, other people I've connected with. And I don't know anything about them. Man. They're not mainstream, yeah. right? They don't have right. a huge following. They don't have a verified account. And you look at their content and they're extremely talented. Right. I started shooting artists. I, I I hadn't stepped outside of the narrative filmmaking boundaries right until August of last year. That's wild. I haven't even done. The, I haven't even started shooting artists for more than a year. <laughs> wow! And you're already yeah, and you already have like an impressive list of uh of clients. You know what I mean? That's what I'm I saying. I forget it's this like, myself. I forget this myself. I know, I know, and that's what I'm saying, man. It's like we just got to remind ourselves, and this is why we have this podcast. It's because. Yeah. Uh, you're sharing your stories, man. You know, you're sharing your stories and, and, and showcasing to the world that, you know, you and I are not so different, you know, as no. a, we might have a different portfolio, but we're, we're same, yeah. we're still human and we still want the same things. And sometimes we're frustrated when we can't get there. So I, I really, uh, commend you on that again, for being transparent. Thank you again for disclosing that, um, yeah. because it's important for creatives to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and, and it's important. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead, man. I don't know if we're on time or not. I, I don't. No, really... no, no. There's no time on here, man. No, no. Please feel <laughs> I free. I want to. I want to hear what you have to say, man. Yeah, I guess it was, I was gonna say like it's also important for them to hear that I'm not doing it with a wealth of money, and I'm not making a wealth of money doing it. Like it doesn't require either. You know, it doesn't. It's not like like the expectation can't be to make money, but there also shouldn't be an expectation that you need huge sums of money to do it. You know, like. Right. I'm still using a nine-year-old camera that I set up a GoFundMe for to shoot some of these big artists. And so it's like, it, like I feel like too often now creatives tell themselves no before anyone else tells them no. And That's so true. they'll be in a pit, they'll, they'll be in a, 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 a valley, right? And they'll, they'll set up these walls in front of them that don't actually exist. And it's like, no one's out to stop you from getting whatever the hell it is that you want out of life. Like you are the, like you're the curator of your own life. Yeah. And it just pisses me off when people are like self pessimistic, like they'll think out loud, but they're, they're thinking in like the, 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 the micro. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, why is this the case? So why can't you just do that? Like, it's like, I just can't do that. Like, but why? I get it. I get it. But yeah. Like, and so I know. people just need to start asking themselves different a line a different a line different line of questioning. I think. No oh, man, uh, that that was so uh, interestingly put because I've run into people right whether it's the gym or at work and yeah you know in my life where they have um, 
they have some sort of inclination, some sort of like curiosity to uh, yeah pursue what we're doing. You know, like oh, I always wanted to do video editing, or I always wanted to do everyone's videography. Got excuse. Right? Everyone's got an excuse. Everyone's everyone's, and it's like, and this is what I meant by like uh, now I approach my thirties, right? I'm in my late twenties, soon to wrap up my the decade. Um, for a long time, man, I was just like, yo, like who's doing what I'm doing? Like I'm I'm nothing. Like you know what I mean? Like no one really cares. No one's paying attention. Like. You know what I mean? Like everybody's buying houses, living their life, you know, starting yeah. families. And then you yeah. and then you bump into them, man. I'm not kidding. And like they'll say shit like, yo, like I'm living vicariously through you. And like, you know, you inspire <laughs> exactly. me to be better. Yo, it's 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 wild shit, man. That's what I mean by like the age gap. Like, you know, you're still obviously relatively young. And when you get to my age, like it's not that far along, but when you get to yeah, my age, you'll like you'll realize the same thing with the people you associate with, right? Like the, the accountants or the fucking yeah. you know, financial analysts, like they'll come to you probably and say, yeah, I always wanted to be a photographer, but I never really like tried my hand. What kills me now is in this day and age, it's like, and you're like an embodiment of this, like a pure example, you can still do uh, your creative passion and do other things on the side or vice versa. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right. Right. So like the people that work these jobs, of course they're demanding and taxing. And like, sometimes who feels like doing anything when you come home? But right. I know for a fact they also do have time on their hands because I see them on weekends, you know, posting, going out, partying. And right. Stuff. So when There's you come time. to yeah, so when you come to me and you're telling me you're sleeping in your car and you're not going on in dates and there was no prom for you, I was like, this guy sacrificed. It's possible. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just like it's it's hard to have a conversation with people like that, right? Especially for you, right? right? Like coming coming at you, and that's why I think you don't come to a point when it's like you got your parents to support you. That's lovely, but if anyone discourages you or tries to tell you to do something different, it's like you, you try it and you let me know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to take anything from you unless you try it for yourself. Right. Or it's just like, I, I'll listen to someone who's risked everything and failed. I'll listen to people that, you know, I, I have an inclination, a natural inclination to, to listen to people who have some, who have some stake in the matter, who have risked something, who, yeah. have, I, who I've seen firsthand, I've sacrificed something. It's hard for me to respect an artist who has one foot in and one foot out. Yeah. I am just such an all or nothing person that it's not in my nature to like, like the thing, I think the universe rewards people who, who go all in on that one thing, whatever, whatever that thing is, but the people that dabble, the dibble dabble and a bunch of other things, they don't get any of them done to yeah. the level in which they want. And so it's like, people just need to silence the BS and we all know what we need to do. Oh, the thing 100%. is, if people love to go ask someone, you know, what it is they need, that that's self-confirmation, whatever. They they want an answer told to them, but deep down, we all know what the answer is for what of we course. need to do. Yeah. And so we might not feel sure in it, but the answer is still there. And we just, I guess, and it's something I still struggle with. Dude, like, I, I'll open up a project and it's like, this isn't the height of what I've done. This isn't the second most, like, important thing I've done. I get like nervous when I start editing a project still. Yes. Like, I don't want to let myself down from my own expectations. Thank you but... so much for saying that. Cause every time, bro, every time I'm on a set or like anytime I just approach something like creatively, I get this like burning sensation. In my Like I just get this anxiety and it's so strange because I've done no, it for five years. Right. I've done it for five years, bro. Straight. Even I'm not kidding you. You know, it's questions I sent you for the podcast. Dude, <laughs> Even that. I was. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Even that I was like, this like wave of like stress i don't know why but i think that's what it is is like I've, I've often heard this with creatives or people in our industry it's like when you're nervous that's a tell that you still care and that's so important yes, you yes. Know what i mean 
So it's like, it, at the moment I say like, yeah, why would I be nervous? Like, I got this. I feel like they're, that's when you start slipping. That's when you suck. That's yeah. when you suck. That's when you suck. Because then why would you want to improve if you're, if you know you're good, right? If you think you're good. And, and, yeah. if, and, and if it's in your bag and like you're still in your element, why are you doing this? That means you've already done it. That's right. That's right. Like you're not improving. You're and not. As film, yeah. And as filmmakers, you can, uh, you can agree with me on this is the reason why we're doing it, especially because you're, you're passionate about storytelling. We're trying to tell the perfect story. It's that endless chase, mm -hmm. right? You and I, yep. we continually put out content because we want to tell that perfect story, the one that's going to win over the audience, right? P.S. There's no such thing as a perfect story, but it's that like idea, you know what I mean? That notion mm -hmm. that we kind of like spend our whole lives chasing. Because reality is- We always chase our ahead, own sorry. masterpiece. No, sorry, no, no, I was going to say we're chasing a masterpiece, but the true masterpiece is the journey that that we're on and that we're creating. So true. Time. Yeah, that's we don't, the beauty of it. And that's the thing, right? It's like I I blame <laughs> this, is, this is the uh, dichotomy of it, right? Like social media has enhanced our careers, you know, got us to the point of having each other speak on a podcast like this. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also made us feel like we ain't shit. You know what I mean? Like we haven't done anything, and uh, it, it's yeah. a weird juxtaposition. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Because a lot of because co now content is so consumable that it's just a lot of times in one year out the other like you'll it's it's rare that something has like a life a lifetime. Um, exactly. No, exactly, man, and and well said. So, yeah, I'm glad we 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 see uh, eye to eye on that. I want to now get into your uh, astonishing career, uh, your resume, because yeah. I keep bringing it up, <laughs> and people should uh, definitely get get a taste of what I'm talking about. So, yeah. uh, you know. Upon viewing your Instagram profile, I noticed the unbelievable clients you've accumulated from Tuzi, Nav, and The Weeknd. The Weeknd, you know, shout yeah. out, he's from Toronto, which is where I'm from. Yeah. So, uh, much respect. I think he was voted or he uh, is now considered statistically the most popular uh, music artist, right, on Spotify. Yeah. So congrats yeah. to him. <laughs> he's doing well. Uh, how did you become yeah, associated well. with such high profile artists? So I've always, uh, it, to me, some of these things have been like fate. They've just been destiny. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I know that's probably rubbed certain people the wrong way, but I've tried, and again, in silence, like I've tried every hand there is at working with The weekend. I grew up on The weekend. He was more or less an idol of mine for a while. Nice. I just was obsessed with his music, how it made me feel, how how cinematic it was. And, of course, and yeah. he was music and, and his visuals to his music inspired like my early work a lot um it, it inspired the music that i that i had people compose for my early work like it, right. it was huge so um i went in early 2020 i think this was like january or february um i had already like done a little bit of work with 88 glam it was a conglomerate a uh, little it was a rap group that was based out of uh, toronto that had signed exo had signed to republic records i had i had some business dealings with their team uh not it, it kind of fizzled out and nothing really came of it but i was trying every angle to be able to work with abel on something for some strange reason nice and i saw him wearing this hat at an art gallery uh <laughs> in february of 2020 and it was at like an la art gallery and it, this brand was called restricted and it was called uh something restricted and it was a very, it was a newer brand. And I'm like, okay, I want to work with the brand that Abel is wearing. 
Yeah. That's because that's the that's the foot in the door. I'm like, okay, if I can't work yeah. with him, I'm gonna work with things he puts on his body. And you'll figure out how he like became connected to you guys, right? Like I there's some think that far ahead. But oh, okay. You're just yeah. like, I just want to be associated with the brand that associates with the weekend. Got I it. just need to get closer. I need to get closer. <laughs> Got and it. So bro. so we're and then so it worked out. It ended up being I reached out to them, you know, I pitched myself my, I pitched myself to them. Yeah. And it's this guy named Kyle Farber. Can't say enough good things about him, but he's based in Broward down in South Florida. Nice. And um he was having to drop a couple of clothes were, were getting put out like in, in a later month. And I was like, let me do some promo stuff for it, you know? And, and we didn't even get together and shoot it, but like, I was just making like promo visuals, just like, like just myself, just like, right. Like visuals that closely aligned with what he had in mind for the clothes, stuff that was on the clothes. But I did these little vi video promos for, I did two of them for two different drops for this brand called restricted and they do really well. And the people, he really likes them. He ends up sending them to um, the the middleman between Abel and the brand. So it's not like the weekend is just going coming to this brand, this, this obscure underground brand is like, hey, I want this and this and this and that. Right. Um, and all the while, while I'm doing this, he's like wearing the brand more. Like he wore their jacket while he was like warming up for the Super Bowl. Like hmm. he was get, like he was wearing their stuff a lot more. Interesting. Um, and so I do the two videos. The middleman, his name was Art Mackey. Uh, he was friends uh, with another guy who's closely connected with Sal, Sal XO. This guy named Manny Dion. They're all record label heads. They're all right. in together in, in the XO camp. Interconnected, yeah. This guy, this guy named Art Mackey, he takes the clothes, brings them to Abel. Abel decides what to wear, when to wear it. Most of it never gets put on. And so he sees my stuff, sends them to Manny. I have screenshots where like Manny loves them, fucks with it. Uh, they get sent to Abel. I heard through the grapevine that Abel likes the videos, right? And that was enough to blow my oh my head god, off. no way. Abel, yeah, that was that was the first time Abel saw my stuff was a couple years ago in 2020. Love that, yeah. But what what really blew me away was he told me it wasn't really the video that he loved; it was the music behind the video. Mm. And so I had sent some some Kissland music and like some other references to a friend of mine. Um, his name is Zoel and he's like this house experimental, um, electronic, uh, musician. And I had sent him the references. I kind of told him what I wanted. His music is what was on my promo video that right. on the, on the second, on the second promo video, Art ended up telling me that Abel liked it so much that he stripped it and put it on a hard drive and it's sitting somewhere in a studio. And whenever Abel gets into album mode, he comes into the studio, he combs through this hard drive full of like musical inspiration and sounds oh and, and, and it's just sitting in a hard drive somewhere in, in a studio. No, he's never going to use it. This creative piece of that, content that you've made, that that found its way to Abel, The weekend. Right. You're saying uses this now out of one of many, you know, uh, creative resources, <laughs> uses that to, to for inspiration when he's making his yeah. next album. That's, it's, that's insane, bro. That's, for me, it's like when you hear a story like that, it's like I'm pr I'm obviously a, a proud of you and I'm ha I'm happy for you. But it's like I could easily be like ignorant and say like, how could you ever feel like you know down on yourself like here just knowing that right? But it, this is what I mean by like the amount of times I found down since I know because, because think about it in a way, right? It's yeah. like you made it in a sense because like that was your hero and like that's yeah he, he knows of you and like he respects your craft. 
but um the reality is is like that's just such a testament to like the creative mind <laughs> like we're always wanting more we always want to do bigger and that's things. the thing is it, i was excited for like a day about it i was in the middle of the pandemic isn't that crazy yeah nobody like but but because I, I honestly don't because it, i don't think it because it didn't come from like his lips it's like i never even felt real. oh so you never had the like, phone call no i never spoke to abel i've still not okay. spoken to abel and and that's what i was going to get into was like right i've just gotten so close he's aware of me He's aware of some of my work. He's seen my work. The knowledge of that in and of itself was huge, but it was fleeting. And so that brings me to years later where I end up shooting uh, tour content for After Hours Till Dawn tour. So that came about through a connection I had with Tampa Bay Times. And right. I was able to get a, a, a press pass from them and get stage side. And I remember literally shoot, I remember like seeing him making eye contact and then just having this feeling of like, I have come to know almost everything about this man and he's looking right through me like i'm because no, i'm just one of everyone else and like that's we are just regular people to them that's awesome um, even though he doesn't know that he's already seen something i've done and like it doesn't it's yeah. a weird feeling um but but that show and the work that i put out for that the fan the fan pages ate it up it probably got 500 million impressions like across not 100%. just my page but yeah all, Every, so he at the time he followed 12 people he only followed 12 people like 10 of those pages posted my stuff he and he he's definitely seen that stuff too oh no he's definitely it was a, yeah it was a weird situation where after he had lost his voice at the second la show he kind of like removed himself from social media and he kind of like he didn't want to make any moves or show any love to anyone because like he just didn't want to seem disrespectful to the fans that what were sent home and had to wait months later to like see him for real and and so it was a he had to like kind of like, like go away from social media and I, so i kind of put him out at a weird time um but after that had blown the door open as far as like my music industry potential yeah um i got a call i started working with this uh this this music store or this record label this record store rather right um in Atlanta was hosting a NAV event, like a NAV album release party slash meet and greet with fans. And they paid me to come out and, and shoot for NAV. And it's crazy because I've had like dreams of this in my head. Like I've literally had dreams. And it's like, I always knew deep down that I was going to meet NAV before I was going to meet The Weekend. Yeah. I, like, I, I don't know why. Another Toronto like artist. Order of operation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I got, you know, uh, that connection Nav is the most kind down-to-earth celebrity I've ever met uh, looks you in your eye when he talks to you listens nice. to what you have to say uh, when we were done when when we were done shooting the event and all the fans were kind of like like cleared out I got he like we talked and I was about to show him my weekend stuff like yeah. for the tour and as I'm about to show him he just like takes my phone out of my hand and just like gen like genuinely is locked in on it huh. he sends it he sends it to um He's like, send it to Money Music, a producer who works with Offset, all these different rappers. Right, he, right, right. Money Music was right next to him. You kind of look like Money Music in a way. Oh, yeah. I'll search him up now so I can see. Not even going to lie. <laughs> oh, like, Money Music, uh, that's his name? Money Music. He's a little bit darker skinned, um, obviously, but right. y'all have similar mannerisms. And you Sick. strike me as a taller person. <laughs> Are you tall? Uh, I'm about six feet, yeah. Yeah, okay. He's probably taller. Um, he might be like six one, six two. Yeah. But, but this guy, Money Music, 
uh, Nav was like, I'm not going to see this if you send it to me. So send it to Money Music and I'll and I'll be able to you know have it through his, his phone or his DMs or whatever. And so I don't know if he ever actually watched it or looked into it. Like I got that event and I've gotten a lot of other events, but I, I, I had connections, but I didn't get the, the ability to shoot his, uh, his tour, the Nav tour. Like we talked, me and Nav literally talked about it, but it fizzled out. It, fizz, it, it fell through. Interesting. Sometimes they already have people that are shooting the show. Sometimes you're just not needed. Um, and that's why I'm just, I don't want to be, come up here and just say like success, 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 success. Yeah. I might get as close to Nav as humanly possible in one, in one arena. And then like something that seems like, like a, that should be a byproduct of that, you know, meeting, it doesn't come. Like I was talking to like his tour manager and she was responding and we, we were talking and she just didn't get back to me. And that's, that's fine. Like they're busy people that have so yeah. much more to worry about than me coming to the show it, it, ha- it happens we 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 uh tend to think as creative like we're the center uh of the universe not in a kind of selfish uh you know pretentious way it's just we're so ambitious and um you know concerned about the next move right that we, yeah. we often want to believe like you know they're going to reach out because they see what they see in me and but it's not always personal right. you know what i mean um in fact yeah. in 99 of the time it's not personal at all it's just business as usual right like they have other people or there's just other kind of like operations going on um especially in the celebrity life like as you were saying the weekend you know lost his voice at one point like yeah. shit happens you know so all the people yeah. on the tour like who knows or like justin bieber cancels his tour uh yeah. it's like s- several um civ- cities left you know to perform at um yeah it just happens right and that's yeah. what i'm kind of understanding as i get older is life's not fair. Like it just happens to you and you got to deal with it and you got to navigate yeah. through it. Um, but be grateful for the process. Like you were saying, enjoy the, yeah. the journey, uh, be grateful for all that's come before you and all you have to look forward to. Right. Because the way I look at it, it's like, you know, we were talking about our passions earlier in the podcast and, you know, as much as we, um, you know, pride ourselves on the fact that we pursue our dreams and we made it happen. We didn't like conform to anyone's ideas of what we should be we're also in a position of uh, luxury, like a, a privilege, I mean, um, that we're able to do these these professions, right? We're not living in a third world country, let's say, or, you know, we're not living right. under circumstances that it doesn't, we, we can't afford to do, uh, pursue an artistic life, right? Because we have kids to feed or, you know, we have yeah. a household to manage, right? So that's something that it, it's all about perspective, right? Um, and that's what, that's where my maturity uh, kind of comes from. And, and yeah. that's what I, I enjoy talking to you guys is, you're extremely young, but you guys are far ahead of your years, you know, and I think it's mm-hmm. uh, the experiences that kind of have matured you because you also do work mm-hmm. with a lot of people that are older, right? So naturally Dude. you're going to vibe <laughs> off of that, right? Yeah. I, I have to, I have to say like, that has yeah. always been the case with me. And it was like, I was 16. I was, I'll never forget that. I was 16 working on a set and like this yeah. was a, a movie called Arsis and I loved it. I love, that's one of my favorites of, of mine. Still. Right. And I remember like the last day I set, like I have these two professional actors that have been driving like hours to, to work for me for free, for free. And I nice, still don't nice. know how I was able to like yeah. pull that out. Like there was a couple of uh, films that I just had people like, so like you said, some people are, are just not going to want to work with you or be nice, but some people just like, they will shock you with how giving like, like Tyler, for example, oh, yeah. they will shock you with how nice and available they, they will be to you. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> these, uh, <clears throat> these two actors, one of them, was like literally flying to New York to do a movie with someone from the blind side. She had just got done shooting Ballers with The Rock in Miami. She was like doing shit. And here she is on, on my set. 
with my DSLR. And like the last day, they're like, oh, so what college did you go to? Like 16. I have, I think I still had braces on at the time. Did I? Yeah. I, I don't know if I did or not. But they thought I was like 21, 22. I just turned 21 and this was in 2018. So like, nice. I, I just told them, I didn't even tell them that it was a college. I just said, I told them my, my school name. And I said, I go to Harrison. And they're like, oh, but That's I don't crazy. think they, I, I, I mean, I think they did, you know, learn my age, but, but most people like they end up working with me just off of the email that I send them. Mm. Like I, uh, that's one thing I guess I'll say about me is like back when I was younger, I, I used to be like, all right, this email, it's gotta be the best piece of writing ever written. And yeah, like, ever constructed. Yeah. Three uh, days on the, on the golden cold email. And yeah, man. Dude, I swear to God, it's a skill. Emailing is what got me everything I have today. Oh yeah. But that's, that's, a that, uh, derives from your parents teach like reading to you as a child, like they've yes. done studies, you know, like it, it's made you an articulate, uh, eloquent individual, right? And and how you communicate and something to take away from our like you know you and I uh, navigating this business is that's probably your your power most powerful uh, skill set um, alongside you know your creative abilities is knowing how to communicate and have a conversation with someone. Part of the reason why I started the podcast, I'll be honest, it's to develop and increase. Um, I enhanced rather my uh, communication yeah. skills orally and written uh, because I know That's that great. when I'm in meetings or sales pitches or anything like that, or, you know, acquiring a new client, I need to know how to yeah. communicate um, my passion, my thoughts, uh, my directive for the project. So um, yeah, man, I, I really uh, appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing uh, these profound inf insights, um, you know, really educating us on, on the industry and, um, Kind of like providing a, a humble approach uh, to yeah. it all, you know, like uh, on on everything that you've provided. Uh, before we go, though, what do you most uh, strive to achieve when navigating this increasingly eventful career, despite the unwavering setbacks? I I really just want to continue making that eight year old film buff kid happy like I, I i constantly put myself in the shoes of my former self and even like an idealized or imagine imaginative um and imagined future self like i right. too often and to a fault i could be i could be better about this but i live in the past and i live in the future a lot and i live in the past in the in the sense that am i am i doing what that that young ambitious kid without all this noise this adult noise this this right bullshit that we like we we we're so diluted now with all the stuff and distraction that's coming at us. But like, and, was, and, 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 but in my purest form, I was an eight year old boy who just had this fire in him for moving pictures and stories and, yeah. and telling stories. And it's like, am I making this kid happy? Am I doing something that he would like, would he look up to the person I am today and be like, wow, I want to be like him. And so I want to be that, I want to fulfill that person that he's always dreamed of being and that I've always dreamed of being. And um, I just want to keep making God and my family happy and proud. And yeah, I just, I, I'm just not interested in the chatter or the haters because as you know, you know, a lot of people that are envious of either of our positions yeah. that comes with it, you know, yeah. plenty of hate. For sure. And so I'm just not interested in any of that. You know, lately it's really just been about my money 
you know, because for a long time I was pouring all my money into these passion, these narrative passion projects. But even though they were doing great with festivals, it wasn't really making me money. And so right now I'm trying to kill this music industry and bring a, a cinematic approach because too many people, too many high level artists are hiring these content creators or these videographers or whoever to just give them like, like they're, it's okay content. Yeah. But it's like the, the caliber artist you are, like your shit needs to look like a movie. And so like everything yeah. I try to do, I just want it to look like something you'd sit down in the theater to see. Cinematic. And so I want to, yeah. I, I want to bring that to live performance capture. I want to bring that to the narrative projects I'm going to end up working on. But right now I've just been about my money, my family and God. That's really, that's really everything I'm, I'm on right now. So. Well said, man. Couldn't have said it better. Um, you know, much love and respect to you, you know, uh, for, for having such a noble cause, um, no, noble, um, kind of motivation, uh, towards your career, yeah. you know, cause those are the things, the things you stated about, you know, God, family, friends, um, you know, the, the passion itself, that's, what's going to, um, you know, propel you forward and, and keep you on track, keeping you authentic. So I, I wish you nothing but the best. And I really appreciate this conversation, Josh. I appreciate it, Daniel. I had a great chat. Thanks awesome. so much, man. Yeah, of course, buddy. So thank you again, Josh Ceranic, for coming on the podcast, sharing your insightful views uh, and experiences uh, in the entertainment industry. Thank you, everybody else, for listening, and we'll talk soon.